And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 189 of The Drop Set. The, uh, the host and guest for today is me. It's kind of weird. I'm just in a room talking to myself, which is usually how I record these podcasts, but now I'm videoing myself as well. It seems kind of weird. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or wherever else you might listen to podcasts, you might think like, dude, I don't care about this, but I tell you what, it's first on my mind right now because I'm looking at myself and it's just weird. It's, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try it and see how it goes. The video thing is a very natural thing to do for if you've got an interview with somebody, right? Uh, but what I don't want to do is post like episode 188 on YouTube and then post episode 190 and have people say like, where's 189? Now, currently, I don't think anybody really watches that closely, but still, I'd like for continuity's sake, I'm going to try this and do it talking to you here, video people and audio people um, in this room by myself. And we're just going to go with that and see what happens here. So worst case scenario, we will never do it or speak of it ever again. So um, I do, um, I apologize for the next episode that will come after this. Not because our guest is so bad, but because at the intro of it, I introduce it as episode 189. When this is 189, I was not planning on doing this episode today, but I had time. I had some stuff I wanted to talk about. So I figured eh, we'll do it. And I'm going to preempt that one. It's going to come out like uh, Wednesday this week or something like that. So I'm still working on getting... Um, additional guests booked. I've got a couple of feelers out there right now. Um, so if you have ideas, comments, suggestions, anybody that you'd like to hear on here, anybody that you find might have something interesting to say, let me know. Let me know. And uh, I will extend an invitation. Of course, uh, the way that I reach out to people is social media, typically through Instagram. And if they aren't my friend on Instagram, then you go into like message purgatory and they may never see it. So if there can be, uh, if you've got somebody that you know or follow or who follows you that you can broker a, an introduction with, that would greatly improve chances. So um, yeah, yeah. So I've got the feelers out for a few of them right now. Um, Somebody asked, um, why are all of your guests women also? To which I say, I don't know. It's just the way it's worked out. Now, our next guest is not, so there is that. Um, also, like I said, I reach out to people on social media. Um, and one thing that's kind of interesting, and I've told this to a handful of people, um, I don't follow any male bodybuilders on social media. None. And the reason for that is the comparison game. If I follow those guys, I do not have it in my head where I can just watch their progress and not compare myself to them and see things coming out in a negative way. So therefore, I just don't follow them. And you know, it's, I'm in the process right now of simplify everything. And if something makes things more difficult, I have no time or patience for it. Um, and usually, that applies less to people in my life or clients. Like it's my job to kind of help them work through stuff, uh, but more about stupid things like that like following all these, you know, classic physique competitors and not feeling like I stack up with them. And maybe I don't, but I don't need that blasted in my face all the time. It's like, I'm just going to live in my own little world, not follow them. So therefore, um, if anybody has, um, uh, suggestions on guys to uh, interview as well, totally open to it. Um, again, everybody's might be like, we'll get Chris Bumstead on the podcast. I'm like he has better shit to do than talk to me who he doesn't know. So if you're a personal friend of him and want to broker that introduction, like I said, great, please do. That'd be awesome. Um, so I did a, uh, a video on Instagram. Um, for those of you, um, 
watching along on YouTube, it looks like this. You can see me there. I'm holding Derby. She is super cute. She's pretending like she cares about what I'm talking about. She does not. She does not care. Um, she's so sick of hearing me talk about my diet. I can't even tell you. Um, she's, she's down here right now, in fact. How you doing, girl? She's over it. She is so over it. Um, so I put that video up, which is just kind of a, a status of prep situation, how things are going right now. Um, I don't pretend that everybody has seen that. So I'll give you the 411 here and repeat myself a little bit. If you have heard this, apologies. But, uh, you know, it'll be said a little bit differently. So um, basically, prep started pretty much at 16 weeks out. As of right now, it's eight weeks and five days out. So this Saturday will be the halfway point. Um, as I sit here right now, how would I describe myself? Um, could use a lot of adjectives there, actually. In terms of how I feel regarding prep, how would I describe myself? Um, excited, uh, tired, for sure. Uh, hungry, yeah. But you know, more than hungry, I would say it's actually food fixated is what it comes down to. Because like I'm sitting here right now, I started recording this podcast and it was a flip of the coin. Like, should I eat first or do the podcast first? Podcast one. So if this episode is 15 minutes long, it's just because I got super hungry and decided to bail, uh, which is entirely possible. We'll see how it goes. It might be mid-sentence and then just sign off and be like, wow, that, abrupted in that ended abruptly. Could happen. Could happen. I'm not going to say it won't. Um, but more than being hungry, I'm just thinking about food a lot more. And I'm not really like fantasizing about all the stuff that I can't eat. It's just like, man, I want my next meal. Or like on a low carb day when my fats are also reduced, there are certain things that I miss. Like, man, I'd love to have that back. Oh, well, tomorrow, you know, and um, I'll, I'll dig into that a, a little bit more. There, there's some perspective work that, uh, that can be done there that we can all focus on a little bit and do, do, more, uh, do some improvement on. Let's go over just the logistics, first of all, and some of the specifics. So when I started prep, my macros were pretty high. My protein has been steady at 250 pretty much every day. No change there. My fats have been right at... I think they started at 50. They dropped down. Now they're at 40 for the most part. Um, my carbs started on high days at 525 and on low days at 425. So pretty high. Um, I think I had four high days a week and three low days. It kind of alternate for the most part. Um, and that went fine for several weeks. And then we got to 11 weeks out, I think it was. And things took a little bit of a hit, like a pretty big hit, like carbs down to like 300, down from 500 and change. That, that hurt. That was, a, that was a little bit of an adjustment. And then after that, they went down to 250 and, and then 200 on low days. So um, they, they've you know dropped in half at this point. And also on the low days, my fats are down to 20. So I've been doing a little bit of macronutrient kung fu, just getting um, getting uh, the numbers such that I can maximize food volume, get the most bang for my buck, create some larger, higher volume meals that have a better chance of filling me up longer, um, and also wrestling with uh, leaner protein options. So um, today was the first time I implemented. I had been doing for my first meal just because you know I am not a big believer that everything has to be super clean. Um, or like if it comes in a package, it's inherently evil. It's like, it's stupid. So, um, my, uh, first meal, the protein source, there was a 93, seven frozen Turkey patty Kroger brand. Awesome. Good stuff. And then I had a panic attack when I went to Kroger one day and I was, I walked to the aisle and they had them, but there was a tag there that said close out and they're all half price. I'm like, what? Okay. And so I buy the three boxes that are left. Um, 
And I go back and like I'm always there every few days. So I go back the next time and it's just gone. And there's no tag that says close out anymore. I'm like, shit, what do I do now? So uh, I went through all those. I found another option and I tried that. I'm like, well, this tastes better, but it's also fattier. And I'm not really sure. Like it, it kind of makes the numbers a little bit of a stretch. I got to pull back on some other stuff that I don't really want to. So um, I was looking for other options and I settled on a combination of chicken and egg whites. Egg whites don't really do well with me if I do them in high amounts. Um, there, there's stomach issues involved and also eggs just generally, if I have them consistently, they make me break out worse than I already do. So um, kind of a non-starter for me. But I, I started off with this. It's like four ounces of chicken and like you know 130 grams of egg whites. It was just pretty reasonable. And so if I do that especially on my low days when I don't really have the fats to spare and those turkey patties that were on closeout, they're back. So I picked up a couple boxes so I can go back to those maybe on the other days and not do the same thing every day. Um, and that might, as far as my system is concerned, they might appreciate that if I only do um, the, uh, the egg white and chicken combo like three days a week, something like that. Um, that might work well. Now it is higher volume. It was pretty tasty. I threw some onions in there. Um, the chicken I cooked up um, with some fennel seeds and garlic powder so, and red pepper flakes. So it was kind of uh, sausagey, which is pretty good. So it worked really well. I don't have any regrets over that. But um, at the same time, I got these boxes of shit in the freezer I should still go through. So um, anyway, playing, playing games like that to keep the macros in line. Um, but everything has been totally perfect and spot on there. I've hit the targets every single day. Um, no untracked bites of food or anything like that. And, and that's really the expectation, you know, all the way up to the finish line is like, if I can't do this perfectly, you know, I'm in no position to expect anybody else to do it either. So um, I've set myself up with a pretty low degree of difficulty, meaning that, you know, I'm not traveling during this prep or anything like that. And that, you know, was because I started planning for this show a year before prep started. So yeah, it, sh it should be pretty clear sailing uh, if you do that. So um, today's a rest day, which is why we get an extra podcast today. Uh, I'm going to do a little blog writing. So keeping stress low, sleeping a lot, taking naps every now and then, um, staying ahead on all life things, you know, staying caught up on work, keeping my inbox empty, all the things that I do to keep my stress down, really focusing on that and creating some me time myself. Like this can't be all about bodybuilding 24 seven. Like, so I'm still doing music work as well. Um, doing some songwriting, you know, fine tuning demos, coming up with new parts for stuff. And that's what I listen to during cardio. So, um, for me, cardio, um, is been the biggest surprise of prep because I am legitimately enjoying it. Like that, that's when I sit down and I listen to my songs and form notes on what I want to do. So it's uh, it's really useful for that. I wake up uh, and instead of like, Oh God, I got to get through this cardio. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I want to listen to X and I've got an idea here. Let me hear how it comes out. The only thing that I need to do is make sure that when I'm listening to that stuff, I don't get so distracted um, that my cardio intensity drops off a little bit. And so far that hasn't really been an issue. I think I could push a little bit harder on it. And so that's my focus for this week. Um, I'm on the, on the spin bike. So just more stand up time on the bike, basically um, crank up the resistance a little higher, but it's actually going really well. Um, I'm digging cardio. I'm doing 50 minutes a day. Um, every single day, no exceptions. Um, it just feels good to be in a routine. And I'm only, uh, coach is only asking me to do six days. And if my legs get to the point where like, oh my God, I need a break, then you know I'll take a day. But today would have been that day following yesterday's leg workout. And it was a little bit of a slog to get through, but they feel okay. And I don't have to train legs again until Thursday, so I'll be fine. Um, so yeah, the cardio is going really well. Diet's fine. Like I said, hungry, but uh, here's the thing. 
I was hungry on 500 grams of carbs. So the fact now, like today is 200, eh, whatever. It's, it's more of what I was already experiencing. It's not a big deal. It's really more like food fixation, which has really changed. Just like I'm always thinking about it. Um, and it's not like I'm fantasizing about Oreos or Chips Ahoy, which are like, you know, my staple junk food things, but or pizza or Five Guys, which I didn't get last week. I was kind of bummed about that. Um, it's the first time I've gone without a cheat meal. Uh, in a week and I don't know how long. Like the last cut that I did was in 2018 and I went through that whole cut and up until peak week, I did a cheat meal every single week. Coaches instructions, but still uh, every single week. And so of course in the off season, same thing, you know, two or three weeks sometimes maybe. So, um, and, and pushing as hard as I am now and kind of feeling the diet a little bit when coach told me like, yeah, we're going to skip it this week. It's like, Oh man, that, that kind of hurts my soul a little bit. Hurt for about 15 minutes and then I got over it and moved on. But uh, it's for the best. And at this point, like, I don't really care all that much. Like, it would be nice. I know I will benefit from it. I know I'll benefit more from it if we wait a little bit longer for it. Um, and ultimately, it's like results. And if I have to go the rest of the time until showtime to uh, get another one, Hey, so be it. Whatever. I mean, you know, it's it's about the process and working through and, and making improvements uh, to the greatest extent that you can. Um, and it just means that after show day, everything's going to taste that much better. So not a big deal. You know, I'm, I'm still reasonably well fed. Now, I could be singing a, a totally different tune in three weeks if uh, if macros take a big hit here again. And now I'm like really, really hangry. And just, like you might see these podcasts take a turn for the worst. I, I, I liken it to I don't know if, how many people there have seen Star Trek Beyond, um, which was the latest movie in the Star Trek franchise. There are others example, other examples of this in cinematic history. I feel like one of the alien movies was probably like this as well um where you see like the the video recording of the captain's log on the ship that has crashed but other people have found it so they're trying to find out what happened and so they played the logs in chronological order in the first log the captain's happy like well the crew and i we are uh, gathering for our morning cup of tea here on the bridge and we've encountered this strange anomaly and we're going to investigate it and then the next entry is in two days and he's like well some fights have broken out amongst the crew it seems like they're having some strange mental reaction to the phenomenon that we're in and then like fast forward a week and the crew is eating themselves and it's like everything just goes downhill in a hurry i feel like these podcasts might be a uh, a version of that more applicable for the bodybuilding world where you see my mood like it's going to be a time capsule like back in the podcast of uh, the first half of 2020 where i was saying that covid probably wasn't going to be that big of a deal like just be smart don't be stupid well nobody followed that advice did they um so i still i rest my case like if people were smarter i don't think it would have been quite such a big deal but instead everybody insisted on being stupid um so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, you can feel free to uh, throw my face back in this if I'm bitching like a madman in three or four weeks or three or four days, whatever, whatever's appropriate. So um, anyway, that, that's prep in a nutshell. So one thing about that that's worth jumping in here uh, and commenting on as well is um, the idea of perspective in prep. And I, I think about this a lot and I just put my head in this space where... Um, it's a constant reminder that what you're doing here is 100% voluntary. Like you're doing this because you want to, because you have goals. So bitching about it, guess what? Ain't nobody want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. So, you know, I told my coach a couple of things here and there, like, fucking hey, I'm hungry today or something like that. But you know who I don't say any of that shit to? My wife. Because you know what she doesn't want to hear? That. Because you know what she would say? Well, you're choosing to do this. And she is absolutely right. 
And so like I always tell people, don't make your prep somebody else's problem. Um, which doesn't mean suffer in silence or anything like that. It might mean that, but it also means like, you know, it's not really suffering if you're forcing yourself to do it and you're doing it voluntarily. And, and for perspective here, and this might be like, whoa, he just got real dark there. Just keep in mind, like, what am I experiencing here? Well, I'm tired and hungry. Guess what? Probably I would say a majority of the population of planet Earth is like that every day and they don't have a choice. So what's my problem? I'm trying to look good for a bodybuilding show. Fuck me, right? I mean, <laughs> shut up. Nobody wants to hear you bitch about your diet. Absolutely nobody. You can say like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, but pff, let it stop right there. That's all it needs to be. So you can, you can, you know, be one with reality and say like, yeah, this is difficult. I'm hungry. Um, but, and I, I don't consider that bitching about it. That's a statement of fact. <laughs> like, that's fine. If you continue going on and on about it from there, now you're just whining and nobody wants anybody to whine. Don't be a prep martyr. I've said that on this podcast many times before. Don't be a prep martyr. Nobody wants to hear a bodybuilder who is choosing to do something complain about what they're choosing to do. Same thing applies to cardio. Don't want to do it? Guess what? You knew it was going to be part of it before you started. So shut up, suck it up, all of the above. Um, you know, it, it's non-negotiable. You got to get it done. So um, now you can have challenging weeks. Like if you're a client of mine and say like, I struggled to get my cardio in this week. Okay. That's not a crime. That's not a crime. How can we fix it? Let's troubleshoot that. Where did the struggle come from? Is it a, a struggle that is like specific to that week? Like there was a specific event that came up and threw you off for a day? Or is it like, well, my routine has changed and now I have a tough time getting up in time for it and doing it first thing in the morning or who knows what? Um, I had one client, bless his heart, Roberto, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, and uh, he's got a pretty tight schedule. Um, and he wasn't able to make it to the gym last week because of road construction where he lives. And it blocked off like the one road that made for easy access to the gym. And to go around it was like an extra 20 minutes each way. And he's like, I just don't have the time for it. I'm like, I get it. I, I get it. That sucks. And so, you know, let's get that fixed. And what else can we do about it? Not much. I mean, you know, he's already, you know, stretching his schedule to make it work. He's a busy dude. So you try and add another 40 minutes onto that. Something's got to give, you know, there, there just isn't necessarily always time in the day for it. And people often say like, well, if it's important, you'll make time for it. And to an extent, I think that's true for somebody like him. Who's not in prep for a competition. I am pretty comfortable siding with, siding with him and saying, I think that's an unreasonable expectation. Um, if you're in prep and you're six weeks out and it's going to take you an extra 20 minutes to get to the gym, guess what? You're going to have to find those 40 minutes from somewhere. Um, people are in different situations though. That's not the right answer for everybody. So um, I'm completely comfortable with that. And so I gave him a much different answer than I would for somebody who was in prep and getting close to showtime. Uh, basically saying, eh, sucks. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and you know, making sure like, uh, when's that road going to get fixed? It's not going to be out for like three weeks. Is it? That's going to be a problem. Uh, and no, it's not. So anyway, um, perspective, um, uh, remember that this is voluntary. Nobody wants to hear you complain about it. Nobody. You can complain to your coach and that's fine. And at some point I will accept that. And at some point I'm going to say, you need to suck it up and, and turn that button off because <laughs> the other thing is like, 
this can't all be just about the time that you spend up on stage. You've got to be able to enjoy the process involved in getting yourself ready to be up there as well, because that is almost 100% of the time involved in this. You know, um, it, it's like, as I often do, I'll take this back to music. You know, you, you don't, you don't get to be a great musician, great guitar player, great piano player, whatever, by skipping practice and then just or, or complaining about practice and then trying to enjoy all the glory when you're up on stage. It's like if you don't enjoy the practice, the stuff up on stage isn't going to mean as much either. So because um, you're not going to be as good like you got to be able to enjoy the practice. The thing with bodybuilding is that everything that we do every day is practice. It's practice to get you ready for something that's totally different. Like your practice involves training, it involves dieting, it involves cardio, it involves discipline. Um, and what are you training to do? Well, you're training to get up on stage and do none of those things. You're training to get up on stage and pose and show your physique. Totally different skill. It's weird. Bodybuilding is unique like that in that the practice and the actual event are totally different things. Totally different things. Um, now, of course, part of your practice should also be posing practice, but that's a part of it. That's certainly not all of it. There's other elements that are going to take up much more of your time. And so if you can't enjoy the practice, then the actual execution on show day is going to fall flat for sure. Um, a couple of questions um, from, uh, from listeners. Uh, actually, I don't know if Tina's a listener, but she's a client. And this is a question that came in with her check-in here. So she's getting ready to compete next year. We're kind of gearing her up for that. And she was asking for any book recommendations um, on uh, how to know what to expect when you're competing. And spoiler alert, I don't have any book recommendations because I don't think there's enough that could be written about that that would fill a book unless you're talking like, you know, like a booklet maybe uh, or an ebook. It's like 10 pages long or something. Maybe I'll write it. I don't know. Um, so she's like things about practical things like when to order the suit, when to start practicing in heels, but also a lot of it, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, the big unknown, because those are all things, you know, you got a coach, ask them. And so we, we tackled all this stuff at, ch at check-in today. Um, basically like when to start practicing in heels, as soon as you know, you're going to compete buy your heels and start practicing in them. Um, because even if you're good walking in heels, it's different. Like they're a different set and everything, you know, from what I gather, I'm not a heel guy myself. Um, I prefer just a little kitten heel, not a big one. Uh, from what I gather, like every every pair of shoes feels a little different. So um, get your competition heels sooner rather than later so that you've got time to start practicing those early. Suit, um, order that based on the lead time recommendation from whoever you're ordering from. So uh, they might want a eight week lead time, six week lead time. They might be okay with three or four week lead time. I wouldn't put it that close because then if you need alterations, you're really kind of cutting it close as far as if you've got time to ship it back and forth a couple times. So um, let's see uh, the, the one thing that people often want to know about when it comes to competing. And these are things that are just unknowable until you do it is what's it going to be like backstage. And when I, when I gave Tina the response this morning, I, I came up with a pretty good analogy here. So it's kind of like going to a concert. So if you've ever been at a big arena or stadium before a concert goes down, you got this huge crew of roadies setting everything up, setting up the sound system, setting up the stage, setting up the lighting, setting up the pyrotechnics, setting up the instruments on stage, um, getting the front of house sound guy set up with his stuff. They go through sound check. They do all this stuff. They're roadies. They do this for a living. They know what they're doing. Um, 
so now, but it, it's a, it's very much a mobile operation. It's kind of fly by night. They're in one city, pack up, put it on the trucks, go out to the next stop. Um, a bodybuilding show is kind of similar to that in that you're invading a venue, you're setting up all your stuff, um, you're having your event, and then you're tearing it down. But there isn't necessarily another one that you go to like the next day, right? So, and the other thing is you don't have a bunch of professional roadies setting this stuff up. It's people involved with the show. A lot of them are volunteers. Um, it's not what they do. Like there, there are not people who are professionals at setting up for a bodybuilding show. Right. Um, so it's just the people involved with the show, the promoter, friends and families of the promoter, you know, they got to get the, if there's a portable stage to be set up, they got to put that together. They got to you know get their sound guy in who does this before, make sure everything's hooked up right. Okay. Uh, and you know, there was a show this weekend that I had clients and the sound guy didn't show up um, to finals. So they did finals without music it's like, or somebody played it from a phone or something like that. It's, it's like, good Lord. So the point is like, it's a big operation, but it's not full of the same professionals that do this all the time, every single day, meaning it can be a shit show where anything can happen. Like your sound guy doesn't show up. Oh, you know what? We got the lighting system. It's not compatible with the power in the building. You know, we just blew a circuit. So we're going to have to go with house lights instead. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? I've had it happen before where they order a stage from a rental company. And instead of being a three foot stage, it was like a 10 inch stage. So instead of taking a couple of steps and you're like elevated up above everybody a little bit, you're like 10 inches up. And basically on the same level, eye level as everybody else is the judges. It's super weird. I've seen shows from pictures where it's like, what kind of rinky dink operation is this? Like they've just got house lights. They have no lighting system. They've got this thing that's really not even a stage. They've got people basically just at eye level, ground level. Like doesn't even look like a show. It looks like some people just got tanned up and they're wearing suits and they walked into a room and there's people sitting in front of them at a desk with pieces of paper on them. Like it doesn't look like a bodybuilding show at all. So expect anything. Um, basically practice what you need to know get your posing down have your physique ready get your posing down and don't rely on okay i'm going to enter on this side of the stage it's like who knows that side of the stage might be on fire it might be blocked off by something from an event that's happening there the next day and so like oh yeah we said everybody was going to come in over here you're actually going to come in over here oh i've been practicing my walk coming from the other direction if you can't walk to a point on stage coming in from both directions, you did not pose correctly. So you did not practice your posing correctly. Um, so be ready for anything and don't rely on the expediters. They're usually really good. They got their hands full. They got a lot of stuff going on and you don't want to put your ability to be on stage solely in their hands. Um, so it's up to you. I always tell people one thing you never do, never wear headphones backstage. It is not your job to block everything out. It is your job to pay the fuck attention to what's going on um, so that you always know what's happening. You know who's on stage. You're looking at the, uh, the um, order of events. I got five classes left to go before I'm up. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Probably time to start pumping up. Okay. Let me get some carbs in my system. Um, Pay attention to what's going on on stage, like sneak a peek over there if you can, listen to the head judge. Um, if you can get into position where you can see the people on stage and hear the head judge, try to get a sense for how fast they're moving people through the poses um, and see if you notice like, oh, this is a smaller class, so they're really rushing them through um, or they're, they're really giving them time because it's a smaller class and they don't have to do multiple call outs or this class has 15 people. They're just having them do front, back, next call out really fast. So that would give you a sense as far as like how much you need to button up and tighten up your posing and your transitions. Um, so listen, come prepared 
like have a good packing list that your coach <clears throat> should have sent you. Um, I have one if anybody's curious. Uh, and uh, be prepared for all contingencies um, and pay attention. If you do those things, you can't really go wrong as long as you've got your, your coach on call ready to answer whatever questions you have. Because um, there will be questions. Um, always always you can never preempt every question from from a coach's perspective you think you can you think you can answer them all there's always something new always something new some random question that's never been thought of before so um yeah so no no references tina on on books or anything like that but maybe i'll maybe i'll write one up who's calling me here should i answer this call on the podcast i'm not going to no from some random number in North Carolina. Uh, I don't think that's for me. So um, the other thing uh, to talk about here, this comes from Paul. This is via Instagram also. Um, so quoting Paul, he says, been listening to the podcast and really enjoy the show. My question is prep for people who eat out at restaurants and a lot and work, uh, sorry, eat out at restaurants a lot for work meetings. Is that something you've worked around? Completely understand if that's tough to do. So Paul, uh, and I, I kind of... Uh, Paul then followed up with an email on that. And so I gave him a more in-depth uh, answer there. But um, And I would say it ultimately, it depends, of course, because it always does. Um, depends on what you're doing. And what I told Paul is like for a lifestyle client, yeah, I mean, we can estimate, we can do okay. I've got one client right now who works on a cruise ship. And so his ability to control his own food is very, very limited. Um, and the menu for food that is available for him changes every day. Like he has no ability to do his own meal prep. He's got like rice cakes and protein powder. And then he's got to go to like, you know, the, the eating, the common eating area for other meals. And so he's kind of at the mercy of what they have on a given day. And sometimes the options aren't great. Um, and ultimately, it comes down to how well can you eyeball and estimate this stuff. And so what I'm doing with him, because we've got questions about like how accurate some of these estimates are. So what I told him to do, and I just told him this on Friday, I think it was, is um, whenever you get a meal from there, take a picture of it and send it to me. And I'm going to help walk you through how I break that down. Um, and so he sent over a couple things that are like some pork dishes, one that was like a pork and salmon, um, one that was like scrambled eggs with ham thrown in. And so there's strategies involved. They're like, okay, scrambled eggs and ham. Great. So um, if you've never scrambled an egg in your life before, it's going to be difficult to estimate a portion size on a plate of scrambled eggs. But if you have, you can probably make a reasonable guess as to whether this is like three or four eggs. Um, and if you're like not sure, split the difference and call it three and a half. It's fine. Um, but what you want to do with something like that is take your, your eggs and your ham and separate them out a little bit so that you can see what's what. Like, how much ham is there? That looks like two ounces. Well, you separate it out. Oh, it's like a half ounce. Okay. And you've got to have some frame of reference. So the deck of card equals three ounces when it comes to uh, protein serving. Um, that, that will get you in the right ballpark for sure. You can kind of eyeball that. Um, but what I'm doing with him is I'm like, take a picture of it and I'm going to walk you through exactly what I see on the plate. And I'm, this is based on his description of it as well. So like, what's it called? Um, and he had something that was like beef and a red wine sauce. I'm like, okay, well, looking at it, you know, most beef dishes that are going to be served on mass to a whole bunch of people probably going to be inexpensive beef. So probably like chuck roast, right? So you, we can make the assumption that it's that. The portion size looked like it was about six ounces. Okay, cool. Then you Google red wine sauce. Okay, well, what are the components in red wine sauce? Well, it's wine, it's oil, and it's a bunch of other stuff that doesn't add anything. So you make an estimate there like, okay, let's just add 
you know, two teaspoons of oil onto that just as kind of a ballpark. So we're accounting for the added fats there. And there was a carb serving involved. So you kind of eyeball that again, a baseball is about a cup. Um, so you can, you can make some reasonable estimates there. So your ability to eyeball and estimate things with some good degree of precision is really important. But I would also say if the goal is competition prep, that just doesn't work like a reasonable estimate on on prep just isn't good enough especially not if it's something that you're doing regularly so what i told paul is that for competition prep um if you're eating out in restaurants you're gonna have to be that guy who brings your own stuff or you bring a food scale and you weigh everything but either way you're gonna be the weirdo at the table and get used to it because as a bodybuilder that is your life you're gonna be the weirdo in every scenario so you can embrace that and roll with it and laugh at it and make it a fun thing and cool and you'll be known as that guy and that's fine because you're also gonna be the best looking guy in the group so who gives a shit right (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it depends on the goal as far as like eating out. It also depends because I've seen some people that just their skill at estimating is horrible. They're like, I estimated this at two ounces. I'm like, that's seven ounces. Okay. Um, you need to spend some more time weighing stuff and looking at what you're weighing to get a sense of what is three ounces, five ounces, seven ounces, et cetera. So, um, anyway, Paul, I hope that helps. Um, so certainly if you have any other questions, hit me back up and give me a reply on that. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention here, um, which is really kind of funny. Now I'm recording this on zoom, my zoom call with one person. Cause I didn't have any other way to record this. Um, like I tried using the, um, the camera function that was built into my video editing software, but it wasn't going to capture the audio separately. Whereas I know zoom will. So for the audio version of the podcast, so I'm on my one man zoom call here. Um, but it doesn't tell me how long I've been going. So I don't know how long this is. Um, anything anywhere? Nope. Oh, well, um, I had this experience yesterday in the parking lot. So I, I did my leg workout. I hobbled out of there, got a haircut, and then hopped into Publix to grab a couple things. And as I was walking out back to my car, I put my bags in the back of the car and this old guy from across the parking lot, he starts talking to me. And this never happens to me. This never happens. I think this is just by virtue of being in prep or something like that. And he starts talking to me and I don't remember what he was saying. He's like, okay, holy crap. I I have just got to ask. I got to know. And he's walking over to me and he's like, how do you get those forearms? And I thought it was hilarious because in the podcast recently with Kelly, we were talking about how like, you know, basically like I'm all forearms and triceps. I don't even train forearms, but if anybody's ever going to comment on anything with me, it's usually forearms, which is like, great. If only that was a little bit more important, you know, why can't it be quads, whatever. Um, so I just, I got a kick out of that. And he's like, I've never seen forums. I like I'm, and he was like, I think he said, well, I'm 65 and I'm just trying to get anything to grow if I can, but I just can't get my forearms to do anything. And so I gave him my stock line about it, which is hundred percent true, which is I never trained forearms and never have. And I've just played piano with really terrible technique for over 30 years, terrible technique, meaning your forearms are always tense when you play. Like you're supposed to be loose and flow and that's not how i play at all um so that that's that's my secret that's there you go so (laughs) i wouldn't say it's very efficient because like i said it's been 30 plus years but hey you know uh that is the secret i just thought that was funny because um we were just talking about that how it's always forearms forearms and that's what this guy came up and talked to me about so that reminds me i gotta i gotta tell coach about that one that one slipped by me so um anyway that's all i got so this has been episode 189 as a reminder i'm gonna put it out there um i do take calls 
for this. Um, now, I don't know how that would work if I'm doing this on video. How would I insert a call? Huh. I don't know. We're going to figure that out. We're going to figure that out. Um, I guess the other thing you could do is you could record your message in like an Instagram video and message it to me. That might work too. Um, I can get that on the computer. That should work. I don't know. Well, you know how to find me. So, uh, fivestarphysique.com. You can go to the dropset.com, which I have recently revised with some more relevant links and information up there. Um, you can contact me through the website. You can find me on social media. Instagram is the best at Darren underscore star. I am marginally active now on my Twitter account, which is God, I don't even know what it is at Darren star. I think no underscore. Um, Facebook page, I'm totally ignoring at this point, like a great business person would, right? Uh, it's amazing. I'm still in business, honestly. <laughs> so I'm I'm thankful to be not only still in business, but as busy as I am is a good problem to have considering how much I suck at some of this stuff. Um, and where was I going with this? Uh, oh, yeah, the call-in number. So um, 865-518-2974. If you have a question call it in. I'll figure out some way to work it in here. I don't know how it'll work, but I'll figure out some way to make it happen. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you have uh, suggestions on future guests, let me know. I want to uh, I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear who um, you found valuable. Um, so recently we've had uh, Stephanie Flesher, Teresa Avancic, uh, Kelly Niokas, my coach, and um, Alexis Urso from Made to Macro have all been on talking about their stuff, their experiences in competing. Alexis talking about her business, um, which sounds uh, fascinating. And you know, if anybody's uh, in the market for anything like any information regarding meal prep, that's a great place to start. Using some, you know, I don't want to be just a, a total plug for her. Um, I mean, I. I think, I think she's got a great company, but um, any kind of meal prep service, like uh, take it seriously. Those are some good options out there for people. So anyway, episode 189 in the books. Thank you all for joining me, for listening. Like I said, we'll be back later this week with 190, which will be falsely introduced as 189 in the start of it. So I apologize in advance for that. Mea culpa. 